0: Welcome, listeners, to Midweek in the Word Sunday Recap. I'm sitting here with Pastor Brad. How are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right.
0: That's good. For those who don't know me, I'm Jennifer Huber. I'm the Communications Director at Faith Bible Church. Um, and each week we sit down and we recap the sermon and we give a forward look. And we just started a new sermon series. We did. And yeah, so what I'd like to do is, can you just kind of, I know we've already gone over... Wait, hold on what, a
1: second. Are, are, are we are we not going to explain to the listeners why you, we missed two weeks. Oh, that's
0: a good point. Why we that didn't come a back to that? Really, subject? really good point.
1: Okay. I mean, sound the way you do.
0: That's true. These I was going to say. I was going to say Happy Wednesday, <laughs> listeners, but it is not Wednesday. <laughs> it's not. So it's also not last week. Which, it is not <laughs> which last week. a whole other one. And at this point, I'm not even sure what happened last week because that's, that's right. been a week ago. But anyway, oh, I know. This is what happened: is my kiddos were sick, weren't uh-huh. they? Uh-huh. That's right. My kiddos were sick, so we all know how that goes as mothers. We just wait. And ta-da! Here we are. Here I am sick. So I kept texting Brad this week going, can we do it Tuesday? Can we do it Wednesday? How about <laughs> Thursday? And now it's Friday, and I still sound like this, so.
1: Midweek may not be applicable yeah. anymore, but we're still in yeah. the week, so we're getting close.
0: Welcome to Midweek, and we're, mid-week mm-hmm. in the Word, the 11th hour. Mm-hmm. How's that? So That's yeah, so it. thanks for giving us a little grace those last couple weeks. We were We've just been off schedule, so I'm hoping moving forward for the rest of the Psalm series we can... Get back on track, but for now you're gonna get my um, deep raspy voice for this episode. Your jazz singer
1: voice. That's, 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 right. What we've that's got. right.
0: But we're all doing well. The kids are finally doing better. It's just mom now who's who's cleaning up the rest of the cold. So and you
1: feel better than you you sound. I probably do. For our I, listeners, s- I feel way, medium, way you know? better.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. But because of all that, we have two weeks to catch up on. That's right. So what we're going to do is I'd like to go back a little bit and have you recap Psalm 1. And I know Dave Drivo preached on Psalm 2, but if you can kind of give our listeners um, a little overview of that as well, and then we'll maybe chat some application and then jump into what's coming up
1: yeah, yeah in two days. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I think I mentioned this in our last podcast, you know, when I was couple of weeks ago or whenever it actually was, um, that Psalm 1 and 2 kind of functioned as an introduction to the rest of the book of Psalms. And when I covered Psalm 1, we talked about these different men. It really, uh, It really contrasts these mm-hmm. two different ways to live the blessed man versus the wicked man. And uh, Psalm 1 is a wisdom psalm, so it's in that genre of kind of wisdom literature in the Bible. You see the same sort of theme play out in the book of, of, you know, Proverbs Mm -hmm. in Scripture as well. And basically, so it talks about these two men, these two different ways to live, what it looks like to live in accordance with God's will, what it looks like to live in obedience to his word. seeking to be planted and firmly established obeying God and in his word and that sort of idea versus the wicked man who basically rebels against everything that God gives him. You know, he rebels against God's authority and rebels against um, God's law and he rebels against God's word and all those sort of things. And so it it contradicts or uh, contrasts these two different positions and these two different ways to live Um, as a way of introducing the Psalms Mm -hmm. and be like, the Psalms are gonna talk about how do we live our lives in accordance with God's plan and God's word versus how do we live our lives in rebellion against uh, God's word. And so we talked about this idea of the blessed man versus the wicked man. And then I kind of led into where this conversation was going to go as far as talking about the anointed man, the one who actually walks, actually walked Mm -hmm. in accordance with God's will Mm -hmm. at every moment of his life, at every opportunity who's perfectly submitted to the Father and everything. And that's obviously Jesus Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. so we anticipate that idea because that's exactly where Psalm 2 takes us. Mm -hmm. And Psalm 2 introduces this idea of the Lord's anointed. And I love the imagery of Psalm 2 because it's like the whole world is sitting as the wicked man in rebellion against the Lord's anointed, shaking their fist at God, saying, we're going to burst these bonds of authority apart. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to rebel against you. You know, I mean, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves against, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord's anointed, uh, or against the Lord and against his anointed. And I love that idea, right? Because it's like, I don't want anything to do with God. And, oh, I don't want anything to do with his representative. And so Psalm 2 kind of introduces this anointed man idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And the anointed man directly throughout the Psalms is God's intermediary. Uh, More often than not, it's the king. So King David um, in mind there as far as has been anointed, has been given this specific task, and is supposed to execute God's judgment and God's rule in the world and lead God's people. Um, well, in Psalm 2, it's clear that there's something bigger than just David as the king going yeah, on here yeah. in Psalms. And it, it really is speaking forward to this idea of Christ as the Lord's ultimate anointed one, the one who walks perfectly as the blessed man in Psalm 1, is also this kingly ruler, this anointed one in Psalm 2 that that sits in heaven and, and laughs at the, <laughs> the rebellion of mankind, <laughs> right. at right. the wickedness of the earth. and. Right. All of these things that said, look, I'm, I'm going to come and I'm going to come in judgment and I'm mm-hmm. going to address this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Psalm 1 and 2 together introduce all of the Psalms. They introduce this, these concepts of how we walk, these concepts of how we respond to God and to God's authority and God's anointed one. And I like them as an introduction to this whole series because they they introduce those ideas, this fork in the road of how are we going to live, yeah. regardless of what the circumstances of life look like. We're going to cover some psalms of praise where things are really good, and we're going to cover some psalms of lament where things are really bad. Um, but regardless of where you stand in that fork in the road, the question is, I'm going to walk in the path of the wicked or am I going to walk in the path of the blessed? How am I going to respond to the Lord's anointed? And the whole series, that idea of Messiah comes from this anointed language. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, how am I going to respond to Christ? Where do we see Christ in throughout the Psalms and these messianic Psalms? How do we see him fulfilling this language that we see in Psalm 1 and 2? And how do we then turn to him in worship in all circumstances of life?
0: So in the Psalms, you said 1 and 2 sets it up. It sets it up for Psalms, but also for us in our lives to look for. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, You know, Psalm 1 and 2 kind of, they, be, they become this template, this grid, this paradigm that mm-hmm. then as you read the additional psalms mm-hmm. and as you read the high points and low points and all the different circumstances and emotions that you feel as you walk through the psalms,
0: yeah.
1: it gives you a way to kind of interpret the rest of the psalms and say, so when things are difficult, how do I pray this? Because the psalms are kind of confusing. Like, right. The they're psalms, high,
0: they're low. They're high, they're yeah. low. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and, and, and they're as much from God as they are to God. You know, okay. a lot of them are prayers That's modeling right. How do we respond to God? Which actually Psalm 69 that we're going to be talking about this Sunday is very much that way. It's, it's a model expression of grief to God. And so it's like all of these different circumstances, Psalm 1 and 2 provide this kind of paradigm interpretively to be like, we're supposed to be walking in accordance with God's word. We're supposed to be walking this blessed path rather than the path of the wicked. We're supposed to be responding correctly to the Lord's anointed. Mm-hmm. What happens to those that don't respond correctly to the Lord's anointed? Right. And what do we do? You know, And how do we, how do we see this whole thing? Which so goes it becomes back to this template?
0: Psalm 1. Yeah, exactly. The two men. Which one are you going to be?
1: Exactly. So we're constantly going to be faced with kind of those questions. What are you going to do with the fork in the road? What are you going to do with the Lord's anointed? Mm-hmm. As we walk through all of the Psalms and see all these different circumstances, but basically those fundamental questions remain mm-hmm. the same.
0: So usually at this point I say, you know, five more minutes, what what more? But we'd have to give you 10 to catch up on one and two. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask a different question. So going back to Psalm 1, the two men at the very end, you had said, oh, but there's a third man, and that's pointing to Messiah, that's pointing to Christ. So as we're going forward... Working our way through the Psalms, you had just mentioned we're going to Psalm 69. So we're obviously not going in numerical order here because you are looking towards and looking to the Messianic Psalms. Can Can you explain a little bit more what that means, Messianic Psalm?
1: Yeah, in in the Psalms, in, one of the things, and I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, but the Psalms are one of the most quoted books of the Old Testament yeah, and the you New did. Testament. Mm-hmm. It's just the New Testament is replete with Psalms quotes, and it does it in some ways that we don't expect, you know, where some of the wording is mm-hmm. is taken and co-opted and, and things like that. And so there's, there's a few different ways to look at the Psalms. First of all, there are direct messianic prophecies. There are ideas of like, you know, um, I mean, the, the, the events of Christ's crucifixion, as far yep. as not a bone being broken and as far That's as him right. being offered yep. up sour wine and, mm-hmm. and things like that, that we go, when we read him the original Psalms, we go, where does that apply? Mm-hmm. You know, how does that work with yeah. David or with the author of the Psalms? And we only come to find out as a New Testament you know, as the Holy Spirit inspires the New Testament authors and especially the Gospels, oh, that was looking forward to Christ, you know, and that connection yeah. makes more sense as we see that. So there's these direct prophecy prophecies. Hmm. There's also what we would call typology, these sort of templates for um, type-antitype is the terminology where we see kind of a model of, of a king, and that would be David, you know, yes. especially throughout the Psalms, of we see this king reigning and ruling and fulfilling God's purposes imperfectly. But the Psalms talk about it as if he's doing it perfectly. Hmm. And it kind of longs for like, okay, yeah, he's talking about David, but there's something bigger going on here. Mm-hmm. What is he really talking about? Yeah. And it begs for one who will come and actually do that, mm-hmm. actually be that sort of a king, actually be that sort of a mediator. Um, so there's there's a couple of those things. There's other language that then Jesus uses. Um, even, even this Sunday in Psalm 69, uh, we're going to run into some language that jesus then kind of grabs onto and we see applied to him um so in some of the lamentation psalms that we're going to see we see expressions of sorrow that jesus then uses that language one of the familiar ones to us would be you know my god Mm -hmm. my god why have you forsaken me right jesus directly quotes an old testament psalm and applies that to his situation Mm -hmm. now he's he's using that sort of lament in the same way that like when he was tempted in the desert for 40 days He takes Old Testament language and he uses that in defense against Satan's attacks. He applies and uses the Psalms the way they Mm -hmm. were intended to be used. And so we see those three different ways. We see Jesus' use of the Psalms anticipated in these Messianic Psalms. We see this typology of projecting forward to a king and a Messiah. And then we also see... These direct prophecies saying this is the this is the coming one, and this is what he's going to do, and this is how he's going to live in the Psalms.
0: Yeah, it's just this thread that keeps weaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So looking ahead to Sunday, Psalm sixty-nine. Um, what's the, what is this Psalm like? What's what's it about? What's the tone of this Psalm? Yeah,
1: we're we're getting off with with a rocky start. We're starting uh, kind of earlier in Jesus's life from a messianic prophecy. I'm not going to tell people what the verse is yet, okay? Because I want them to wait for it in the kay. message and see if they can't pick it out for themselves. But we're starting kind of earlier in Jesus's in in Jesus's ministry is what we see in, in Psalm 69. But Psalm 69 is is a hard song. Psalm. Hmm. psalm 69 is what's known as an imprecatory psalm kay. in the Psalms. And imprecatory psalms are psalms asking uh, recognizing a hard situation and asking for god's judgment and help and so they fall within the genre of lament which is basically expressing grief and sorrow Mm -hmm. to god and so i mean psalm 69 starts off save me O god for the waters have come up to my neck i sink in deep mire where there is no foothold i've come into deep waters and the floods sweep over me i am weary with my crying out my throat is parched my eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. I mean, it's a lamentation psalm. It's like, God, this is hard right now. You know, I'm assaulted and I'm, I'm struggling in this situation. Um, but then there's a section in verses 22 through 28 where it's like, okay, God, bring down your wrath and your vengeance on those that are oppressing me deal with this evil, this wickedness that I'm seeing. And that's where we get into the kind of what's known as the imprecatory aspect. And we'll read this in multiple Psalms in the in the Psalms. There's some really, really harsh language
0: hmm. that
1: we start to struggle with. We're like, how can, I, how can I pray that? What does that look like? Yeah. And what is it talking about?
0: Kind of goes and, against what we feel like we should be doing, yeah. how we should converse with the Lord.
1: Yeah, we go, okay, hold on. Didn't Jesus say in Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, like, Bless those who curse you. Right. right? And and this sort of idea. What yes. what does this mean and how do we handle yeah. this? We're gonna deal with that idea on Sunday in Psalm 69. It's it's a tough topic. Mm-hmm. It's a really difficult, challenging one, and imprecatory Psalms make us really struggle both mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. with how to handle them and how to how to respond to them and things like that. So so we're starting right off the bat with kind of yeah, a <laughs> kind hair. of a rough one in Psalm 69 Oof. in that respect. But at the same time, what I think the Psalm does, Psalm 69 does so well, is it models for us how we are called to respond to grief and anger. You know, Psalm 4.4 says, be angry and do not sin,
0: Hmm. you know,
1: and that language gets co-opted in in Ephesians, um, in the New Testament as well. And we go, well, how do we do that? You know, what does it look like to appropriately handle the anger for injustice that I see in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, or even the injustice I experienced myself. Yeah. You know, because this is even an individual psalm of, of David. Yeah. He and He was helps saying, give us... it's
0: up to my neck, right? Isn't yeah. The yeah. It's words? very
1: personal for yeah. him. And, and we experience that too, you know, when we experience persecution. And mm-hmm. the New Testament is full of examples of saying, like, persecution will come. Yeah. So the question is then how do we take it and handle it? Sometimes as Christians we feel like the answer is, well, we just put on a happy face and pretend like everything's okay. Right. That's not what Scripture does with hard things. Um, So the psalmist really models for us, how do we acknowledge the attack that we're experiencing? How do we meditate on and consider our own heart and our own role in this? What are they really upset about? Mm -hmm. Is it about me or is it about God? Um, there's, There's this whole question of asking God for help. How do we ask God for help and how do we ask God for justice? Not vengeance, Mm -hmm. justice, you know, because there is something objectively wrong and sinful in the world, and and we need God to judge. The world needs God to be good and God to judge evil. But then it ends with worship. And the last few verses remind us that, like, we turn our attention back to God in worship, even in the hard times. Mm -hmm. And so it models so many of those things so well for us, in addition to the fact that saying, oh, hey, by the way... um, this looks forward to Christ, yeah, and and He uses a sort of language mm-hmm. when He was enduring the same sort of thing mm-hmm. that you're enduring.
0: The Psalms. I'm going to ask this question because I don't want to assume that our listeners are, you know, know all the little nitty gritty parts of the Bible. Were the Psalms written by David in completion, or so as we're reading through the Psalms, are we looking at multiple writers? It's
1: a good question. Yeah. I think it's about 60% of the Psalms were written by David directly. So he's, he's accredited with like, oh man, it's like 70 or maybe. So that would be less than 50%, but something like that. There's some some number about there, around half Mm -hmm. of the Psalms were written by David. Um, Then there was a whole bunch of other authors. You know, Moses has a Psalm, you know, that's, that's in the book of Psalms. And um, you'll see ones attributed to um, the followers of Korah and some different individuals, Mm -hmm. uh, Asaph and different people like that. So it's, it's a collection and then we don't ultimately know. Who collected them? Someone right. at a later date grabbed up all of these Kay. psalms that were being used in temple worship and mm-hmm. and, and throughout, mm-hmm. and then they assembled them in a particular order. Um, there's there's different books kind of within the psalms that kind of have different themes, and the whole trajectory of the psalms is kind of moving from lamentation to praise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, all of the all of the psalms of ascent are at the end, looking mm-hmm. forward to worship and mm-hmm. Zion and that idea. Um, so multiple authors contributing and then collected uh, by someone at a later date okay. is the way it was assembled.
0: Anything we should do to get ready for Sunday? You know, usually at this point we have days, but yeah. listeners, we're giving you... <laughs>
1: <laughs> 48 hours. 40, no, no, 36 hours, 48 it is. hours yeah. due to
0: life circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So what, what can we do in the next day or so to get ready for Sunday?
1: Um, you know, it's... I, I would encourage people... Uh, as they, as they come in, there's there's a tendency to kind of feel like, okay, I got to get ready and get up on Sunday morning, get ready for church. And the way mm. I do that is I kind of get happy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's this right. idea that like...
0: Get your church face in, on. Yeah, case. you
1: got to put your church face on, <laughs> right? Like, here, here we go. It's going to be gearing up. And, and while <laughs> we are called to joy and we are commanded
0: yeah, absolutely. to have
1: joy as Christians, um, there's also this false joy mm. that we can put on, this this kind of happy face where everything's okay. Um, so I would encourage people, you know, to to really consider for themselves, um, what is painful right now. Like, what is hard? what What is it that that makes me angry, and why does it make me angry? Those are some of the things that the psalmist really deals with in this psalm of saying, like, when I see evil in the world, what do I do with it? You know, when I when I see people being oppressed, what do I do with it? Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we we see things on our news feeds all day, you know, of people being killed and people yeah. being injured and wars it's hard. And, and yeah, all sorts of things, and it can feel very um, you can feel very impotent, mm-hmm. you know. It's like I I can't do anything, you know, about the war in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing I can do about that. Um, well, in some ways that's true, and in some ways that's not true, you know. Mm-hmm. And the psalmist gives us a reminder that like prayer is far more important than we give it credit for, hmm. you know, not only for our hearts, but also for impact in the world. And so I would encourage people to consider that in their own lives, be like, what what is it that I really struggle with? What are those things that I'm almost afraid to admit to God that I'm angry about? You know, there's a tendency to kind of hide it back from God and, and pretend like he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. Right. I, I, I love verse five. It says, "Oh God, you really know my point. folly. The wrongs <laughs> yeah. I have done are not hidden from you." And so, like we, I'm
0: a little dense to him, but Lord, we know you know. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, so ask for ask for God to bring you clarity on that, and ask mm-hmm. for you know the willingness to deal with some of that stuff, and then come expecting like God is our place of refuge in this. God mm-hmm. is the one we take this sort of stuff to. God mm-hmm. is the object of our worship. Um, even when we recognize that the world to our eyes doesn't seem to be handled very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a huge encouragement to us. And so I would encourage our listeners to consider that as they come in on Sunday.
0: Well, and you said something earlier that kind of struck me, it, whether it's self-imposed or we've picked it up in our American Christian culture, but yeah, we're, we're supposed to be joyful, right? If we're If we're going through a hard time or mm-hmm. a hard season in life, or we're viewing someone going through a hard time and someone we love or like you said a news story and and we're supposed to just like I said it's either it's either something we've adapted as a culture or a Christian culture but we're not you said something that you can be angry but do not sin in your anger mm-hmm. and I and I personally have felt at times you know being in the church you can't you can't show that you can't show that you're overwhelmed you, and whether again that's a self-imposed thing or it's a cultural thing but I, you know, we're supposed to be, but the Lord's got this. And you can have that peace, you know, but we're still human. Yeah. We still we still hurt on this side of heaven.
1: Yeah. It's very similar to scripture. Like, okay, we don't mourn like those who have no hope. That's right. Right. We do mourn. Like right. Life is full of things to right. mourn about. And 40%, and it's the largest category of the Psalms, 40% mm-hmm. of the Psalms are lament Psalms. hmm because life is really hard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and and <laughs> it's probably about as good as it's ever been anywhere for yeah. us in America in the 21st century, right? Right. right? Like most of our brothers and sisters throughout church history mm-hmm. have lived much more difficult lives than we have, right? And so some of it is we're just kind of blind to it. We think we can insulate ourselves from hard times, you know, and we're shocked when things are hard. And that's that's right. not typical.
0: Wait, I checked all the boxes. I should yeah. I shouldn't have this struggle in my life. Yeah, yeah.
1: E- exactly. Um, but those hard things are not atypical for people living in mm-hmm. this sinful, fallen world. Mm-hmm. And we have to change our expectations as much as anything. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to stop expecting things to not be hard. Yeah, um, and that's stop hiding it when they are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, again, especially from God. You know, there's a place for sharing with others what we're going through as well, mm-hmm. but especially from God. You know, you'll read some of the Psalms, and they're modeling how we pray to God, and you'll be like, you can't say that to God. Well, that's divinely inspired, like David writing. Right,
0: and that's a little bit God what can handle it. saying is, you know, we yeah. uh, again, whether it's self-imposed or a cultural thing is, oh, well, you can't. You can't. That's God's in control. You're not supposed to say that, or mm-hmm. you're not supposed to feel that, but... You literally just read the beginning of sixty nine. Says, "I feel like I'm up to my neck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm about to be swallowed whole here. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yeah. and that there's and that value in make verbalizing
0: it, that to God. Yes,
1: it it doesn't yeah. make it objectively true. Yeah, just because you're feeling it hmm. doesn't mean it's true. Right, and yet you are feeling it, mm-hmm. and God understands that." Mm-hmm. And God understands your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And there's only one person who can truly understand it. And mm-hmm. only one person who can truly do anything about it. Mm-hmm. But instead, we either bottle it up or we vent mm-hmm. on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that doesn't help. No. Take it to who it belongs to.
0: Because in in, in times... Um well, to be completely transparent, today is um, Philip and my son's Isaiah's 10th birthday. Oh, And so there was a time I didn't know we'd see double digits, and yeah. here we are. Yeah. May 19th, he's 10. Hmm. And there have been times in his journey with all his medical issues where, you know, you just you buckle down and get through it. But there has been such a beautiful relationship that I've been able to form with the Lord saying, because there are times I'm like... I'm not happy about this i don't like seeing him in pain like i'm exhausted i'm this i'm that but by me having a conversation i get to that resolve in my faith of okay but you are god and you are sovereign there is benefit in duking it out so to speak i don't know how to say it any differently
1: yeah wrestling with that reality we're we're called to obedience but god has made us Mm -hmm. emotional beings Mm And there's this hyper-intellectualized version of Christianity that's very prevalent, I think, Mm -hmm. in our cultural moment. where It's like everything is cerebral. Mm -hmm. Well, the Psalms are emotional. Yeah. They appeal. uh, Most of Scripture appeals to the heart through the head. Mm -hmm. The Psalms in some ways appeal to the head through the heart. Yep. You know, and both are a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not an excuse. It's not like, well, I feel this way, so therefore I'm justified. That's mm-hmm. not the point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there is a legitimacy to, like, this is what I'm experiencing. It's not a legitimacy to then go out and not be obedient and right. not do what you're called to do right. and not take care of your family and your right. son and all this sort of things. But it's like this This is rough, God, mm-hmm. right? Like this – This. I mean, again, think of Jesus' cry out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that – that is an expression of incredible grief. You know, you, in that moment, you get over the Elias. You know, did, did Jesus not know that he was going to ultimately be back with the Father? Well, no, he did. <laughs> right. Like none of that is in question. Right. And yet he's saying, "This is really miserable." Yeah, because and I'm 100 percent human Psalm too. So, yeah. To, to figure that out. So. There's
0: a lot to be learned in psalms. So I'm excited to continue down this uh, series this summer. Um, so next week if everything goes as planned.
1: We're <laughs> uh, we <laughs> we will willing.
0: Be, right. We will be back Wednesday and we will we will get to recap Psalm sixty nine and then take another look at what's coming up the week after that. So thanks for sitting down with me, Brad, and um I look forward to seeing you next week. My pleasure. I'll be here. Thanks for listening to Midweek in the Word Sunday recap. This is a production of Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. We'll be back next week with a new recap and a forward look to our Sunday sermon. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We leave you with this encouragement out of 1 Corinthians one nine: God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We'll see you next week as we sit down with Pastor Brad for another episode of Midweek in the Word, Sunday Recap.